This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning, and I tell you what, I've been looking forward to this day for for a long time. I, I have a, a, a dear, dear good old friend with me this morning, Pat Oblinger, Vermillion County Sheriff's Deputy, and, but he's been spent the last, what is it, 20? Almost 20. How about 16 years? Okay, we'll go with 16. 16 is good. 16 years with Vermillion County MEG, the Metropolitan Enforcement Group. If you don't know about Meg, we're going to tell you about Meg. <laughs> we'll, we'll, if we want to, we'll tell you some things that make your hair stand up. But Pat can't do that because he hasn't got any. But <laughs> I had the privilege of meeting this guy when I was a rookie reporter. I really was. And I thought it sounded like a really neat idea to do a story about the Lake Patrol. So I run over to the, the, the Vermilion County Sheriff's Office and has a little chit-chat with the sheriff about that and he was very kind to to uh, look at me and go well okay if that's really what you want to do let me put you with this guy i think it'll be it'll be fine so i show up at the lake one sunny afternoon i have no idea who i'm going to encounter i don't have any idea what i'm doing and i meet this guy <laughs> pat oblinger and uh and my life changed because he became a a permanent friend. Uh, we 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 had a we shared a boat ride, and we just uh, we hit it off, and it's been a joy over the years to have him as a friend and and to get to know him. And I've watched him develop as one of the best deputies we have. Although I will tell you that it is the whole department's like that. So, uh, but Pat was always an exception. You were you were just special. <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words. You, you, my mom must have bribed you. Yeah, this really. <laughs> I'm expecting a check. Um, no, I mean it's you are you are a good deputy, and you always have been. And to make that transition, well, let's go back to first of all, why did you decide 16 years ago to make that transition? Because explain how this works. Explain what Meg is and how it works first of all, so they understand why when I say a transition. Um, Meg, the Vermilion Metropolitan Enforcement Group, we are the drug, literally the drug task force of Vermilion County. We are manned by uh, uh, two uh, personnel from the Illinois State Police. The director, who is a a gentleman by the name of um, Ken Massey, he's a master sergeant, and an agent by the name of Jen Smith. Uh, After that, uh, the sheriff's department loans out a deputy, myself, and the city of Danville will loan out an officer to help man the unit. And then when... We have a very unique situation, which most MEGs and task force throughout the state don't have. We have what's called direct hires. And these are young men and women that we hired literally off the street, that they are sponsored by the Hubson Police Department, and they uh, we send them through one of the police training institutes throughout the state where they get their 14-week course in, you know, basic law enforcement. And after they uh, receive their certification through the state and standards boards then they come back to us and we put them through a, a field training program to be a narcotics agent uh it's a really really neat way to get your foot in the door per it se, is. yeah because what they see that a lot of patrol and deputies or even state troopers don't get to see 
such as getting search warrants, doing you know in custody interviews, uh, handling of evidence, processing of evidence, uh, surveillance things that people might see like on TV, uh, a normal day in a life of a patrolman, deputy, trooper they. They don't get that kind of experience, okay. which makes it a person, this person, very remarkable because eventually they're going to look to get a job at a sheriff's department, a police department, a, 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 a state job, or even if they're lucky enough to get on to the federal uh, side of things. And our alumni is extensive. Uh, we've had people leave that go to the sheriff's department, the Danville Police Department. We've hired, yes, we've hired. Uh, city has hired several some of your folks. Yeah, and, and same with the sheriff's department. Same with and they're always state. they're always quality people. They, they really they know are. their stuff. And, and one of the things is is that they've had this exp- investigative experience, which you don't get really mm-hmm. as a as a person that's on the front lines. And like I said, it makes them very remarkable and uh, and experienced, and you know. They kind of see things from a different, from an investigative perspective when they get out on the street, which is very beneficial. So, Pat, you were building your career as a deputy, uh, obviously, and you were, you know, like I said, you were doing the Lake Patrol, which was not a bad gig. Uh, it was a little interesting over there at Strawberry Cove, but <laughs> I learned a lot when I was riding with you. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, but so, what caused you to decide you wanted to make that move 16 years ago? Um, I uh, I was looking for a change, yeah. a little change of pace, um, and timing's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, there was a transition going on, um, and a lot of people weren't interested in it. And one of the reasons why is that the when you're over there, it's very paperwork intense, and some people shy away from that me included, uh, but I was told that, hey, it's not as bad as it once was, thanks to the computerized age and things like that. And I, I was just in looking for a change. Mm-hmm. I've been on the road for 12 and a half years. Uh, thought it was maybe a change to look to do something different. Did not expect to be there for 16 years. <laughs> I figured about four years and then sure. transfer, you know, so, so transfer that's a, out. Yeah, that's a valid thing to look at. So why'd you stay? You made the transition. Thought you'd hang out for a while. It's an interesting way to earn a living, um, but didn't know you were going to end up really building your entire most of your career on that. Um, it got you started doing. You started building cases, and uh, you know one case. You know you start small, and then everything starts getting big. And I started working with different agencies, uh, working with the federal prosecutor's office and it almost become like a uh, a, a dead, uh, it, it's kind of hard to say kind of like, like the chase yeah yeah I, I yeah. kind of enjoyed the chase I gotcha and next thing you know there's another chase there's another chase and then there's another chase and then what I mean chase investigations yeah. and and kind of get like addicted to it and uh, and then you know and then you get to see the uh, fruits of your work. Where as a patrolman, deputy, you know you go to a call, you handle it, you write it up, send it up, whichever way it goes, and then you move on to the next one. Here you actually, as an agent, you, you initiate the investigation, 
you treat it like it was your kid and you you know from birth all the way up to the final until you send it send it through the court system so and then get the final outcome and it's it's really to me it's really rewarding mm-hmm. because you know I I truly believe one I'm putting bad guys and gals where they should be I definitely believe that what my work has made our community a safer place to live um and it makes my boss happy. <laughs> and we we always want to make sure your boss is always happy. Always want to make, make sure yeah. he's happy. If the sheriff's not happy, nobody's happy. Exactly right. <laughs> Got it. We're going to go to break. I don't want to get started and then have to interrupt you. We'll go to break, come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how this whole process has changed over the years as you've observed it and where we're really at with drugs here in Vermilion County. We'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. Just have the best time with a very dear old friend, Pat Oblinger, Vermilion County Sheriff's Deputy and part of the MEG unit uh, for now 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pat and I have known each other for 28, almost 30. Yep. Uh, and uh, um, one of one of the one of the good guys, one of the really good good guys that we have on both. I mean, both departments. I'm. I got to tell you, um, as I was just saying, I've been on the Police and Fire Commission hiring the city police officers. 14 years now so I've I've hired these babies (laughs) Um, but to me when I look at the both departments now you all are everybody so professional I mean and and I think I think Pat in in fairness I think Pat tried to do that from the minute he took over the office of sheriff tried to start building that kind of professional approach but both departments now I think are just really Stunning. I, I, I'm really proud of everybody that, that enforces the law here in Vermilion County because there's so much professionalism and thought that goes into that that people just don't realize. No, and, and I commend both the sheriff and Chief Yates for moving in that direction, especially in this, this time and this culture where we are looked at at a different light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think there's been a lot of positive movements to, you know, hey— Number one, these are professionals, yeah. and I credit to the, to the guys and gals that are out on the front line. They conduct themselves in that matter. They do, they do. So we're 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 proud of all of them. That said, from your perspective, um, tell me what the drug world is in Vermilion County today, as opposed to 16 years ago when you started with Mag. Um, 16 years ago. When I first started, the uh, the county saw an influx of uh, the manufacture of methamphetamine. What I'd call mom and pop labs. Uh, these are uh, the manufacturers were usually going to our retail stores, buying pseudoephedrine, uh, f- uh, filters, lithium batteries, uh, fuel, uh, stealing hydrous ammonia, and manufacturing methamphetamine on their own. This was, it kind of was like a roller coaster ride. And then around 2013, 2014 through 16, our county 
led the state of Illinois in meth lab C's, and we're talking triple digits. That, was a, that did not get enough play, in my opinion, because that was a big deal. It was a huge deal, yeah. especially when you're thinking about uh, there's 102 counties in the state of Illinois, and we led the state in lab C's of the three years in a row. That Number one, I think it's you could, a couple things you can look at it, but number one, it look you know we're out there doing our job. Sure. So, but you could almost I can almost write on the calendar and show you the date, literally the date when the labs fell off and the influx of crystal methamphetamine yeah. made its appearance in town. Because it never goes away; it just <laughs> it just changes its shape. Exactly. So our labs went down, and then all of a sudden the influx of crystal methamphetamine, which which being imported from Mexico. It's a cartel drug. And then since then, methamphetamine and heroin have rivaled each other as two of the biggest problems we have in our, in our community. Um, not to say that we don't have a, a, a cocaine problem, not saying we don't have a opiate problem, which we do, but it just seems like center stage is the crystal meth and the heroin. Um, everybody was like, joy, joy, we've legalized marijuana. That's fine. But and no one's come out on the front line and say, but it's also made the black market flourish. Yeah. And I explained to people, and why is that? And it's basically because you go to a dispensary and you can buy what you want up if to the legal If you can find amount. a parking place at Sunnyside. And yeah. if you're willing to pay the taxes, uh-huh. what the state of Illinois has taxed it. Or do you go to the street corner dealer where you get the same uh, amount at a lower price? Sure, sure. So um, is it, you know, we hear that one of the concerns with uh, crystal meth or crystal... Um, crystal methamphetamine. Thank, thank you, yes. Um, with, with the current hot drugs is that very often now they are uh, mixed with fentanyl and other things that really people have no idea when they put it in their bodies what it potentially can do to them. We have seen some, when it comes back from the lab, we have seen some mixture of crystal methamphetamine. Uh, now I got you meth- doing it. Yeah, you got yeah. me doing it. <laughs> crystal meth and fentanyl mix. A lot of times it's a heroin fentanyl mix. And that makes a deadly combination because fentanyl is like the mother of all opiates. Yeah, it's it really a is. synthetic made uh, narcotic. Very, very strong. Pat, um, how pervasive are drugs in Vermilion County? And I, again, I'm not sitting here trying to say we are any different. Every county deals with this. It's not just us. But from your perspective and what you deal with it, so I think everybody would like to think forgive me for how this sounds, but the reality is everybody would like to think there's only a drug problem in certain areas out in the boonies in Vermilion County or maybe in some areas of the east side of Danville, but it's really not that big a deal. But drugs really are everywhere, is that? That is correct, and and no one's immune from it. No social class is immune from it. I've seen upper-class families be destroyed from it. I've seen lower-class families be destroyed of it. Uh, I've seen races. I've seen doesn't this drug, the drug abuse has no, I mean, it doesn't matter what religion you are or anything, 
I mean, it's widespread. No one's immune. No, no one, no family's immune from it. Are you? Do you think that our 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 laws and our court system are really handling the drug problem well enough today? I mean, sometimes I look at that and wonder: Have we just not evolved enough? Have we not changed the laws enough? Have we not changed? the criminal justice system overall so it's more effective. It seems like we, you, you guys go out and bust them. You send them up the system. They may or may not go to jail, and then they're back on the streets regardless pretty soon doing the same thing over and over again. Is that an exaggeration, I guess? I can, only, I can only attest that we do our job. Sure. And then we send it up the chain, and what happens after that is pretty much out of our hands. I know it doesn't help when we have certain legislators at the state level trying to, one, decriminalize, or two, make certain amounts of illegal drugs, methamphetamine, heroin, things like that, a misdemeanor. I, does not, I do not think that sends a correct message. I do believe that we should have more education out there, um, especially when I deal with my heroin people, and it's, it's, it kind of shows you how powerful addiction is, especially with the, the heroin and the fentanyl. Our community, we've lost a lot of people mm-hmm. due to overdoses of this drug. And it's that, that community itself is very, very close, tight-knit. And you can sit down and talk to these people, and they'll, they'll, they can give you a laundry list of people they've lost using heroin but they continue to use it. And I'm like, does that not send a message to you? If your friend has died and overdosed from use of heroin, you could be next. And it, they understand it, but the addiction is so is strong. So strong yeah. it, it, it overtakes their mind process of, you know, you know, I need to stop this because my friends have died from this. Yeah. I think that's the scariest part of all. We'll be back in just a moment. Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Vermilion County Sheriff's Deputy and Meg Agent Pat Oblinger and my friend. Um, and and it's a joy to see him and to talk to him and have him share some uh, some real information with you and Pat when you were talking about how um, you have these conversations with folks that are doing drugs about you know why and 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 getting them to understand what they're doing is is potentially going to kill them and all that and it makes sense but. Next thing you know, they've got they got a, a rubber tube around their around their arms, and they're shooting up again. How frustrating is that? Very, because you uh, you kind of sometimes you establish relationships with some of these people. Um, they are human. Uh, I mean, they have the you know, right to be treated, you know, like with respect and all that. And uh, you know, I try to do it that way and sit down. And sometimes we just talk about. I mean, business, but sometimes we sit down and talk about their lives and how many lives I have, you know, I have, you know, people come across and they talk about their lives and then where they were at before the addiction. And you'd be surprised some of these people, they were productive members of society. 
and for whatever reasons, something happened, hang with the wrong crowd, uh, something can happen in their lives that they don't have the the coping me- mechanisms, or even just thought, well, maybe I'll try it and exactly. see. You know, um, a lot of you know, a lot of my heroin people, to be surprised, uh, they got hooked because of the opiates that were given painkillers. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that was you'd be yeah, surprised how many issue. people I've come across that. So I well, because here's the thing: if you hurt, you just want the hurt to stop. Exactly. And you and you and I think for most human beings, the worse the pain gets, the more anxious you are for anything that will stop the pain. Exactly. So I live on Tylenol for arthritis, or I can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> don't you, you, know, you can take Wilbur. Don't take my Tylenol for arthritis. You know? <laughs> don't tell him that. Um, but I mean that's true. So it's an it's a natural human reaction. Uh, so if you take a hit and you feel fantastic, or that pain goes away, that and you're the feeling. pain goes away. How how do you as a human being say, "Ooh, I better not do that again"? Yeah. You know, that's just. Well, the pain's gone away, and and then it comes back, and like I got to get rid of that pain. The next thing you know, then. You know, you're hooked, and we only got a couple of minutes, of course. But um, what about our kids? How are we doing with kids? I mean, I are they getting the message? Do they understand what? I think some are getting the message, um, but our society now is so played out in the media. Mm-hmm. I agree, and everything is just sensationalized. And some people, they see a positive, or stand corrected, they see a negative as a positive, like the the, the young man who was involved in the shooting in Arlington, all the media publicity and all that, and it shouldn't be be as some some people get the wrong mindset, think he's a hero, or look at him and you know. He's so great, and he did this, did that. Some people look at the wrong way, and but you know, as a society, we gotta quit doing that. I agree, and we do it all the time, and and because of social media, as well as cable news, and I, that's quote unquote because it's not really, um, but it's talk, cable talk, um, and speculation, because there's so much of that, people are inundated, so. Whatever they see, they think is real, and so uh, we don't have any perspective anymore. No, and I think that's happening with a lot of the kids and a lot of the violence that they're going through and drugs, etc. There's no perspective. Well, and then, then there's no. Sometimes there's no accountability, or if there is, no. it's, it's <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> there's no accountability. <laughs> and again, everything starts at the home. Yep. And if they don't have a good support system, good foundation at home. It's almost you're fighting a losing battle. Don't get me wrong. I've known. No, you're right, though. I know a lot of kids that overcome it, but also know a lot of kids that that haven't. Well, because there's a lot of kids out there. They not only don't have that at home, they don't have any mentors or any people, adults surrounding them, whether it's uh, faith-based or it's just friends on the street or whatever, that can kind of guide them in the right direction. If you don't have that, you're raising yourself. Well, so. and, and the mindset now is, if I have a disagreement with you, yeah, 
I'm just going to bring out a Absolutely. gun into the conversation. Absolutely, and that's not the way to go. No. Um, real quick before we get out of here, I would assume that VMAG still stands by. Uh, if you see something, say something. Uh, you'd rather have a call and have somebody say, I think there's something weird going on, but I don't know. Very much so, and and please, please, you do call. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I've called and nothing's ever happened. Takes time. What's the phone number? Erico 217-443-1466. Love you dearly. Thank you so much for Thank being you here. For so me. good to see you. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Um, join us on Monday. We'll be on the Zoom call with Shar uh, Pollock from the Women's Shelter talking about domestic violence. We'll do that on Newsmakers 149 AWDA, and I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.